Organissima New York. Your exotic skin, hair, and beauty source, and your one-stop shop for all your natural and organic skin and hair care. Featuring authentic organic Moroccan oil and prickly pear seed oil and much more. Bringing you only the best, straight from the source and proudly produced in the USA. So what are you waiting for? Shop today at www.arganissima.com. Arganissima, New York. Your beauty is our duty. Arganissima, New York. Welcome back to the iHealth channel, iHealth Radio with your host, Hurricane Age, new day, new show, new topic, new guest, special guest, who will take us to a journey uh, that we all probably can, can, can understand a little better. And that is the journey of connecting our mind, body, heart, spirit, and all that consciousness that goes with it and all the conditions. And how do we put it practically in, in our lives, whether it's personal, business, and so on and so forth. Our guest is actually uh, a psychologist by trade, uh, a keynote speaker, a, a, a person that has expertise in various areas, including spirituality, Ayurveda, uh, and, and many, many, many more things. And of course, I can never do justice introduce someone more than what they can tell us about themselves. So without any further ado, I have with me today, Hema Vias, all the way from the UK, from London. So Hema, how are you? I'm really well, Hurricane. Great to be here today. Well, great to have you. Thank you for, for being on the show and, and, and for really uh, for your willingness to come on and share with, with us the value and some of the insights. We, we thrive actually on getting good information to share with our audiences um, and, and, and really the mission is to educate them, enlighten them, inspire and motivate and all that good stuff. I reading through your, your background, I mean, you just have a tremendous background, over 30 years of real connection with people and, 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 and leaders and corporate world and, and teaching them how to really be better and how to put it all together. As I said, the, the heart, the mind, the body, the spirit, that's a lot of stuff. That's all of us as humans. So first things first, why don't you tell us a little bit about your history, your background, your uh, you know, specialty and, and, and the things that you've achieved uh, so far? Yeah, so uh, quite a lot to pack in. I'll make it really succinct. So I would say that, you know, my history has really been that a blend of academia and spirituality. I was born into the sort of spiritual space, you know, coming from an Indian background. And it was spirituality was very much a big part of my life growing up. I took it for granted. Um, and then, you know, growing up in England, I followed the sort of academia and really, really, really interested in wanting to help people really understand who they are and how to be better at who they will be. And so, of course, I fell upon psychology and studied psychology and then realized that it actually was very limiting because there were lots of things I was studying in psychology that I would say you know, my mind was already sort of running ahead, thinking, well, there's more to this than, than what you're talking about and what evidence there is, what empirical evidence there is, what science is saying, because 
you know, when I was 14, I had an out-of-body experience. I had a car accident and um, while I was lying on the floor waiting for an ambulance to come and pick me up, you know, my consciousness left my body and I followed some of my friends thinking I would try and get them back. But of course, they couldn't hear me because I was there in spirit and not in physical form. And, and that really shaped a lot of, you know, who I've become. At the time, I didn't realise it. At the time, it was so normal to me. At the time, it was so natural that that's what would have happened. I didn't question it. It was only when I was met with resistance during my psychology training, when people were like, no, 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 you can't talk about spirit, you can't talk about heart, and no, that's got nothing to do with it, and we're human, and we're having, you know, we have to look at behavior and cognition and the mind and the brain. And I'm going, but you're missing out on a whole lot of other stuff. And so, you know, for a while, I sort of tried to follow that path, fell into corporate world, uh, doing consultancy, uh, psychometric testing, developing staff, etc. And I, again, still felt there was something missing. And what was really missing, you know, for me, I came was really hard, you know, the, the, the absence of a whole part of our lives that makes us human. You know, the idea that we can't talk about love, that we can't talk about heart, that we can't talk about spirit, that we can't talk about a universal energy, God, call it whatever you want to call it. This idea that we can't have faith, that everything has to be science-based, you know, was so alien to me as a person. And even though I studied and, and you know, followed that sort of path, I realized that there's so much more. And I had to make a choice at some point to go, well, either... I do what is good for my career or I do what is good for me. And, you know, that's a distinction. And that's what I now help people with. Really, really understanding that when I followed my heart, when I did what was good for me, I actually, you know, became incredibly successful and loved every moment of what I was doing. So, you know, it wasn't work anymore. Whereas before it was a lot of work and it was a lot of work trying to fit in with, you know, a paradigm that didn't really work for me or fitting in with people who didn't see the world the way that I did. But when I tried to, when I expressed it in my way, they often agreed. And I'm like, but if you agree, why can't we talk about love? Why can't we talk about heart? Why can't we talk about these things that are intangible and yet so, so important? And so that was, that was you know, the, the sort of what really, you know, pushed me and I keep on pushing myself now, constantly wanting to be creative, innovative, and really wanting to help bring people together, really understanding the heart energy, really understanding the interconnectedness of who we are and how we utilize that for a better world, not just business success, but success in every aspect of our lives. Well, thank you. Well, so so I want to just to take a minute and, and just kind of talk about this, this introduction, I mean, ultimately early on, the whole, the accident experience was a big, you know, big component of a change in your life. It took some time. You went through the, the education system. You went to psychology. I, I, interestingly enough, it, you went to psychology and nothing else, which is, a, uh, um, I guess, a branch that is unique in itself because it, it does have a little bit of philosophy. There's some science. You know, there's, there's a lot of stuff. But also, it might be sometimes... Uh, potentially controversial or maybe resistant to uh, religion and maybe other things because it's the, the facts are different, right? And, and to your point, your background is, is 
a little bit more spiritual and and you've you've grown into that that realm and and really put in the balance between the two just within yourself i think that is that is a challenge in itself because you need to transcend the connection uh, first before you can even go there and then it appears that you took a stand and and had to make a choice as to which way do you lean i mean do i go just with this is what i've learned or maybe there's more to this. And let me see if I can go beyond and challenge the actual status quo when you did. And, and, and here we are today, you know, years later with, with much more, you know, uh, uh, improvements that you've brought to people's lives. And, and, but I wanted to also highlight the concept because psychology is one science or one system, right? That, that defines things, you know, humans in a particular way. And there's, there's chemistry, there's all these things. And, and, and obviously it is a deep and it's valid and it's, it's, it, it works. Uh, but, you know, there is, there is the other portion of the, the world where there are people that are spiritual. There are different, you know, beliefs. You mentioned God. I think anybody, whether they believe it or not, they have some sort of a belief in an entity that is beyond us, right? Um, there is the energy, there is the, uh, you know, like, again, I, I made the joke the other day on one of the shows about the Greek mythology, the ghost in the machine, uh, it, which you almost refer to as consciousness, leaving your body, you know, at that experience. So, so there is somebody running the show <laughs> and this is the, the actual avatar, right? So, 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 so the, these concepts can sound sometimes very like, cuckoo or maybe i mean funny that i said that word because psychology you know i like a little bit of a uh, almost a fun joke there but but the concept is like when you start talking about this people say wait ooh, wait a minute I, I think you've read so many books you've gone to the other tangent right and and what we do need to bring to the audience here is that there is the human that's us but there is beyond the human that we see. There is what controls this human. There is the connections. You mentioned about the heart, following your heart, your heart consciousness. Those are all elements that we need to understand better. So, so you obviously done that and you've brought, you've done a lot of corporate leadership training and individuals training and, and, and sessions, and you've spoken all over the world uh, about these things. So, so let's break that down. So the human, let's define it under your uh, perspective. How, how do you, would you define an actual human connecting all these things? So I think as human beings, I think that we're unique. And I think that we all come here with our own unique destiny and our own blueprint of who we are. Because the, what makes us unique is that we live in a world where if you think about us as energy, I, I believe that we're made up of energy and information. And the uniqueness comes from our unique set of information. So, you know, you and I could, we, we could literally be twins and yet we would have such different experiences mm -hmm. because it's how we perceive the world, how we take in information and how we relay that information and what stories we turn that information into that makes us uniquely us, that makes us individual. So, you know, it's, you know, there's a whole thing in psychology, nature versus nurture. Is it nature? Is it nurture? What is it? Is it our genealogy? Is it our DNA? Is it our, you know, our environment? What is it? And I'd say, you know, it's all of the above. Being human is really about a whole host of experiences that either belong to us or that we've inherited. So, you know, if you think about DNA and our genes, it's made up of not just who 
you know, who I am, but it's made up of who my mom is and her ancestors and her grandparents and, and my dad and his ancestors and his grandparents and then all the impact of the environment, you know, where I've grown up and the peers and the teachers and the influences. So all of these things make up who I am and it makes up each of who we are. And so therefore I think to really, really understand somebody else, um, it's not easy. I think really it's about really tuning into the heart space and really, really recognizing that there is a uniqueness to each person. And when we really are able to do that, we're able to respect them so much more. We're able to give them, you know, the, the kind of validity that they require in order to be seen, to be heard. And I think human beings are really here with the purpose and part of that purpose for me, from my perspective, is to evolve. And evolution is not necessarily about success in the typical sense of the word. It's not just about being successful in our careers. It's about being successful as human beings. And I think the journey of being a human, yes, there are external things we are all striving for. We all want a level of happiness, a level of love, a level of success level of financial independence, financial success, wealth, but and health, of course. But I also think we also are here to live out our purpose. And so for me, a human being is complex and yet so simple, because what makes us simple is that the heart knows something. Well, thank you. And that's pretty interesting. I mean, because you said it, we're complex yet simple. And, and, and really understanding that, I think that, it, that, it's, that is really the core of this, right? And when you get to that moment where you understand that connection and how you are on both sides, I think you are a better level uh, or a higher level at that time of, of understanding and consciousness. So, so you being a psychologist, understanding how the mind works, how the people work and, and behavior and things like that, and then leaning towards this other component. And it's funny because as you were you were talking, I was thinking about a, a, a documentary I watched a long time ago by a Turkish uh, writer. Um, and uh, so he's a writer and he does these documentaries. Uh, Harun, yeah, yeah, I think that's his name. And the, I think the, the, the documentary was about 20 minutes and it was um, called uh, The Secret Beyond Matter. And, and when I watched that thing, it was like, I kind of just had to pause for a minute. It almost reset my way of thinking about the world. And some people say, like, well, what, wait a minute, you're going to the extent to extreme here. But you know, obviously I understand the rules of, of engagement in this world to a degree. And, and of course, there's so much that we need to learn more. But but with science and everything else, even religion combined, you know, you get to, to understand a little bit more. But when I watched that documentary, it almost hit exactly what you said. The the way we connect with this world is different. And so in, in that documentary, the way he described this is that we obviously use our senses to understand this world. I mean, basically our senses is what we know, uh, how this world operates. I mean, you see, therefore you can connect, you know, with the world. You can see colors, you can see people, you can see shapes. Uh, you hear, that gives you the other piece. You smell, you know, I mean, when you get a flu or cold or God forbid, you know, that now with the COVID, you know, we hear about, you know, losing the sense of smell or taste. You, you understand that, you know, you're disconnected. You don't know anymore. So, so he was describing it from this angle and then that, really everything is being perceived by our, the, the, what he referred to as eventually a soul. And, and so, so that's the other part. I mean, you refer to it as consciousness leaving your body, but, but we have different ways of describing it. 
But at the end of the day, there is there is that, right? And then we have, you mentioned DNA uh, or the physical aspect of who we are, but then there's also the, the non-physical aspect of who we are, which is uh, to, to your point where energy, I mean, there's physics that claim that everything is 99% empty. I mean, we have electrons, we have protons and everything is, is, is a blank in between. So 90% of everything is really emptiness. So, so again, when you start putting all these, these concepts together, people say, well, I don't want to know all this. This is like too crazy. I just want to know that I live, I exist. This is my being, that's it. We go beyond this and now it gets into this whole world of understanding the dynamics. And that, that gets a little crazy. And well, well, crazy just because people don't, they, they define it. Sometimes we define crazy as things that we don't understand. Because that's easy for us to, to label them that way and keep them that way. But sometimes we need to be able to open ourselves to hearing these things. Now, we don't have to accept it. We don't have to believe in it. But at least understanding it from a different angle. It's always good to know what's the other angle. You know, either, either you're going to accept it or refuse it, but that's okay. But now you know. Uh, so, 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 again, it was just interesting when you were talking, and I just connected to something that really affected me a long time ago when I saw that documentary. And, and to a degree, I kind of understand that concept, believe it or not. I, 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 I see that value because, you know, when you sleep, for example, you are basically in a state of temporary debt. Let's call it for what it is. At least that's how I define it. But then, but, you, but you're alive, though. <laughs> you are living. There's, there's, there's the, your dream. In a dream world, you really exist. You have a physical being in that world. You have connections. It feels so real that, that even there are studies that have been made where people that go, uh, you know, sleep and they do these 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 tests on them they have almost uh um reactions to things that they have in a dream in their body uh, including bruising and, and other things right so 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 this is very complex and 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 most of them the, the human mind will probably be like you know that's too much information for me i don't want to get to that point because it's going to confuse me but nevertheless it is reality we have to sometimes question things or ask the questions and and so that brings us to to the concept of the heart. You mentioned you followed the heart. That so so the heart for us physically we know what the heart is. <laughs> it's an organ. I think you. This is a, a deeper meaning of the heart. You know, what is that? You know that. How do you really define the heart in this particular case? Yeah, I mean, great question. And you know, I agree with you, Hurricane. You know, I think a lot of people. You know, just like with everything in life, right? It's like we don't need to understand physics in order to understand, you know, that a plane can take off. You know, obviously a lot of thought and intelligence has gone into creating, you know, the, the perfect sort of setup for a plane to be able to take off with hundreds of people in it or whatever it might be. And, and of course, most of us don't care about, you know, how that's come together in the same way we don't care about the, you know, pilots and what they've learned to fly the plane and I think in the same way we're like well we don't really care about the mechanics of of who we are we just care about why we do what we do and how we can be happy and how we can be successful etc and I think there's a real truth in that you know that that that's what where people's attention goes and so I think the reason why I talk about the heart the way that I do is because I do want people to understand that while you may not really particularly want to get involved in the fundamentals of, you know, how these things work or why they work or if they work, um, 
that there's something about connecting with the heart energy that actually raises our consciousness, that takes us away from this idea that we are physical beings. If we are too cerebral, if we are too stuck in the physical, we live what I call a linear life. And that, you know, A takes us to B, takes us to C, takes us to D. And now we recognize with quantum physics, for example, that, you know, things aren't always linear and things that exist outside of time and space. And so for me, there's a physical heart that exists in a linear space. And we know life as the past, the present and the future. And then there is also the quantum heart, you know, the spiritual heart, the true heart, which is really the space and place within us where the soul, where consciousness really resides, where we exist also, we exist in the physical realm, like you say, with no sleeping, we're here and anybody looking in on us would go, oh yeah, they're asleep in their bed. And yet we could be traveling all sorts of places. We could be dreaming about and feeling like we're really somewhere else or doing something or whatever it might be. And that's where we experience the non-linear. That's where we experience the quantum. And for me, that's what hard is. And the heart is that space that connects us both to the physical and connects us to the spiritual, connects us to the linear world that we live in, but also gives us the tools, you know, the knowingness of how to connect to the non-linear aspect of ourselves, which is where, you know, magic exists, where, you know, inspiration exists, where creativity exists, where everything that, you know, hasn't really yet been brought into life exist and that's where we can bring into existence whatever it is that we want we don't have to live in a linear world where there is struggle where there is time where there are limitations where we are you know limited by our capacities or limited by our experiences or limited by our thinking you know the heart is a space where there is expansion where we can be more creative where we can create magic where miracles exist. And really, if we really want a meaningful life, I think we need to be able to tap into the heart space because we're not just here to live this life of, you know, growing up and hopefully having a good home and, you know, good education and getting a good job and meeting somebody, falling in love and having a family and repeat, repeating the whole cycle. That's not what we're here for. We're really here to thrive. We're here to flourish. We're here to evolve. And so the heart is a space that takes us between worlds and bridges the gap between who we are, who we can be, who we have been and who we can become. What we have done and what we can do that is beyond time and space. Well, thank you. And, and so, so that, that leads us to the, the next question. And so how do we, or at least in your experience, how do you help people tap into the quantum heart, the real, you know, connection? Because it, it sounds intriguing, but for people like, well, I don't know how to do that. I just know that I have these, you know, template lifestyles that I, I just know that that's how it's supposed to work. We all go to school. We all have to get a job. We, to your point, family, this, that, and that's living the life. But sometimes people also would define, you know, what you are referring to maybe as intuition, as a feeling, as inclination, but, but 
people don't don't really define it well and they don't know how to get into it. Sometimes you feel something and you just say, you know what? My gut feeling says this. <laughs> you know, there is that that like almost a uh, aha moment, like this is it. I this is no more for me. I'm gonna do whatever it takes and I'm moving, I'm changing. But but how do you help someone really get in within and extract that, get into that deep level where like, you know, they're not just uh, shallow, but they're really in the depth here. And, wow, this is a whole new world. It's like the matrix, right? <laughs> Coming out of, you know, to the real world. So, so yeah. how do you help people? And, and, and is that even a possibility? Yeah. Great question. Great question. So I would say that, you know, of course it's a possibility. And so a lot of my life work has been about that. And, you know, as I've evolved and as I've helped so many people over the years, I've got better and better at getting people there quicker and quicker. You know, so once upon a time, I would have said it's a real process. I still would say it's a process, but I think the first thing that needs to happen is a shift in perspective. And that's where education and information comes into play. As I said before, when you asked me to define being human, it's about being energy and information. And it's about how we interpret that information, how we turn the, that information into stories. And so what I teach is really helping people, you know, get that education, get that understanding, which gives them that aha moment, that gives them that recognition that actually maybe there's something to what she's saying. So that education about, you know, what the heart is, how to tap into it in terms of really being able to do that in the world, being able to really, really look at who we are, self-reflect, you know, introspection, really being able to step into a space where we go, okay, I don't have to keep on being who I think I am. I can actually let go of a lot of the conditioned things see becoming more of who we are is not about becoming more doing more it's about letting go it's letting go of all the things that we are not letting go of all the things that don't really resonate on a heart level really being able to understand when the heart is in tune and when it's not being able to go inside of ourselves and you know through meditation through yoga through being in nature different practices like journaling um, learning the art of dreaming, learning the art of fantasy, you know, how to use our imagination. There's so many tools. When we get that education that gives us a shift in perspective that we are more than we think we are and we are more than simply our past experiences and more than our physical presence, then I think we're able to then really, really be able to feel the subtlety of when we're in our hearts and when we're not. And it's, it is a process in the sense that you have to go through a journey of letting go and a journey of clearing up the old debris, clearing out all thoughts, feelings, memories, and not just compartmentalizing. We see as human beings, Hurricane, I really believe that the reason why we've disconnected a lot from the heart, even the most beautiful heartfelt people, you know, sometimes struggle to really, really be in their heart. And I think it's because we've learned to compartmentalize. Everything is, you know, it's like, okay, pull yourself together. You might be having a bad day, but now you're going to be doing this show. So put everything else aside. 
and we don't know how to be real. So one of the things that I teach is that level of authenticity. So, you know, all the things that really go into becoming a great leader is really about how we are better people, how we become better human beings. And for me, all of the qualities that connect us with our heart are the qualities that make us great leaders, or qualities that make us happier are the qualities that allow us to be more successful and more prosperous and so how I get people to do that is really the first and foremost education and then the tools like teaching them the, you know aspects of meditation not just meditation as something to go off and do to manage stress but to really utilize meditation as a really incredible powerful tool and how to use that to really step back into your heart because stepping into your heart is an everyday occurrence. We just don't stay there. We jump straight out and go straight into our head with the world of doing. And it's about coming back into how we learn to be and be in that moment and be in our hearts. Okay, thank you. So, so that, that actually, uh, you know, leads me to, to this, concept here we you're helping people first of all there's got to be a willingness for folks to to be helped <laughs> you know because again you know you can't help people that don't want to be helped right Absolutely. Uh, but also there are not stigmas that's i think there are stigmas to all this but there's also uh um influences let's call it for what they are the influences through to the upbringing of each and everybody right and yeah. every person somehow somewhere have learned uh, some taboos and in based on whatever their culture, their religion, uh, there could be a lot of resistance, you know, in terms of really getting into this. I don't care what religion it is that we belong to. Uh, mm -hmm. there's, there's always that science, religion, and the unknown. And, and believe it or not, in some religions, they all can connect and, and be coherent, but, but a lot of people don't even know that or don't know how to transit from one to the other or even connecting the dots between all those components. But but you are dealing with humans trying to help them, but there's so much baggage with them in terms of like what they carry in and, and everybody, whether it's from what they hear in the news, what they've been taught at school, what they've been taught at home or their religious, you know, organizations. But that's all, you know, something that you have to like almost peel out to get in because, or at least I show them that it can all exist or coexist without a problem but that's that's a big challenge it's overwhelming how how i mean first of all do you have you experienced that is that real and how do you deal with that absolutely it's real absolutely you know because we all come with this sense that who we think we are is who we think we are and nothing is going to change that. And so the idea that I am, you know, I am, you know, I live in England and my religion is this and my background is this and this is where I come from. You know, we think that defines us. And unfortunately, you know, people get stuck in that space. And that's what I mean. We're stuck in that sense of survival. We're stuck in that sort of physical world where things can't shift so easily because matter doesn't shift so easily. You know, energy shifts easily, but matter doesn't. Mm -hmm. 
trance. Of course, I meet a lot of resistance, but I'll tell you, a lot of my work, you know, really came from people being at a point where, like most faith, you know, a lot of people turn to faith when there's nowhere else to turn to. So usually it's crisis points. So when people get to a crisis point, they don't know where else to turn, they don't know what else to do, that's when they will often seek me out. And now I feel like things are changing. So part of wanting to sort of speak to people like your audience is really wanting people to say, well, you can get there sooner. You don't have to wait for crisis to hear to recognize that there can be so much more to your life. And, you know, that's one of the things I really, really want to educate people on. Often it is that moment of crisis where they literally don't know what else to do, that they will go, well, I'll try anything. And when they are willing to try anything, and that's when they see the results of trying what I suggest, and when they really try and they get those results, then the word spreads. And that's how I've really built my business. The word has continued to spread. And as I've said, you know, to sort of lots of people, often people don't know what it is that I do for them. I know what it is. I can name it. I help them declutter. I help them declutter and let go of the baggage, let go of their old conditioned thoughts, feelings, and beliefs. So, you know, I studied hypnotherapy and I used to work using that as a tool. So very similar to meditation. And one of the things that I used to say is that, you know, I don't hypnotize you. You have been hypnotized by the world. I am here to dehypnotize you. I am here to wake you up to a better reality, a truer reality and you know and so that's really the sort of job that I'm doing but the resistance is there and especially in groups you can imagine you know in a corporate setting you know because there's somebody who really believes in it a leader who believes in it and they want it they want it for the team and there's a lot of resistance and they're not really there and you know again I really honor the heart because everyone's got their journey if they're not ready to wake up to it then that's absolutely fine I have no doubt that they will. And I've seen this again and again and again. I've had people who are like, no, 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 you're not for me. I don't believe this, I don't agree or whatever. And years later, they are speaking my language and they're literally saying what I would have said to them years ago. And so I love it when I see that, you know, years ago, I remember, you know, university, you know, you cannot talk about the heart. What do you mean that mind and body are one? No, they're two separate. What's more important, the mind or the body? And it's like, no, they're one. They're absolutely one. And of course, you know, they wouldn't agree with me. The lecturers didn't agree with me, marked me down. Luckily, I had the power of my own conviction to sort of follow through with what I believed. And that's what I'm finding, that in 10 years, 20 years in a hurricane, I genuinely believe everybody will be speaking about this as if it's a non-event. I think people will be speaking about heart in business as if it's absolutely the norm. And they're going to look back at decades gone by going, did people not really not get it? You know, I really believe that they're going to be saying that. And I look forward to that day. Well, listen, I mean, you're certainly doing the work and there's the need. And I think world events will trigger <laughs> that need and, and conviction, which leads me to, to the question of, we said, we talked about will, but also passion, also purpose, because you mentioned leaders and corporate, you know, in the corporate world, and they convinced to something and they want to get everybody to buy in. And, you know, that those two keywords, purpose, passion, will, I mean, those couple of words are like powerful and without them, 
you know, people are not going to be driven. And you, it's funny because you, you almost described the matrix, <laughs> you know, you're waking up to the real world, which, you know, you're, you know, you're conditioned to like, you're in the zone, like, you know, like a zombie land and you're coming out of it and like, wow, this is all different. You know, I mean, it's amazing. Like, you know, I was laughing. I was, yeah, I had a little smirk when he actually mentioned that, but, but so, yeah. so, so certainly this, this concept of, you know, purpose, passion, mm -hmm. uh, it, it is a differentiator because yeah. in life without those two things, I mean, to your point, you had resistance and your convictions were there. No, I, I do understand there is a difference, but it's still one. And that's the thing. They are all separate components, yet they're one. <laughs> and, and that's the hard part to accept. Like, what do you mean? They're one, but they're different. They're, the, you know, it's like you have all these elements working to make you, and that's all. I mean, that's a simpler way to define it, but, but you know, you can slice it anyway, and, 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 and people will be like, oh, okay, well, but because they're conditioned to, this is the definition you learn, this is all you need to know, you almost like reveal this stuff to them in a different light and be like, oh, wow, okay, I didn't see it on that angle. And that, that's for everything. So, so let's talk about the passion, the purpose, the, the really the, the, the setting of goals, the, the, that's the driver behind, you know, whether someone is willing to unveil <laughs> and, and, and not. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, I think that it's sort of one of those catch 22 situations. If people don't have the passion and they don't have that sense of purpose and they don't know what drives them, they don't know what they want, then they're not going to be motivated to do the work. And if they're not doing the work, they're not going to find their passion and purpose. So it's really, really an interesting situation, I would say, where, you know, part of my, my job is to really, really get them to tap into what it is that's really important to them. And some people, I would say, definitely the world has been lost and the world has been lost. They know there's an unhappiness. And so often it is about looking at, you know, how it manifests, a conflict, you know, when there's chaos, when things aren't flowing, when there's disharmony. There are certain conditions that I would say are very indicative of the fact that people are not in their heart and therefore they are not following their purpose and therefore they are not living a most passionate life. And I think in order to come back to that space, it's really about making space. One of the main things that I teach is how do we create space to become more of who we are? Because when we do that, then we find what really, really motivates us. You know, when people say, well, help me find my purpose, I'm like, okay, well, let's get rid of a whole load of stuff and your purpose is already there. You know, it's again what I said, that the hearts know the way. And when we follow our hearts, it guides us. But we don't know how to get there. We don't know how to get into our heart space when we are doing a job we don't love, for example. Um, how do we get back to that place of passion and purpose? And that's when we do the inner work. We do the inner work. And because when we develop ourselves, what we're really developing, Hurricane, is our consciousness. And when we develop our consciousness, what we're doing is we're becoming lighter. If you think of it in terms of energy, energy is really, really contracted and tight in a space where we're unhappy when we're struggling, when there's chaos, when there's disharmony, when we're in conflict, when things are not going well, that is when there is a contraction of energy. And what we wanna do is create space. When there's an expansion of energy, 
and we feel lighter. And when we're lighter, inspiration flows. And when inspiration flows, that is how our purpose rises to the surface. It's always there. You know, that's when we know what really, really motivates us and we know how to use what motivates us to connect to our purpose, to connect to our hearts in a way that is actually possible in the world because we do live in a physical world. So we can't all be just sitting like monks in a little cave in the middle of a, you know, mountain somewhere and just omming. So that's not what I'm about. When people sort of think about what I do, they think that's what I'm about. It's like, no, I'm here to help you you live your best life here on this earth on this planet and be successful and you know if you really want to be happy and successful don't do a job just because it pays the rent or it pays the bills or it pays the mortgage do it because you love it how can we all do what we love and yet keep functioning as a society and that's where I think the hard energy comes into it for me it's about the fact that the heart is connected to each and every living organism the heart is connected to every aspect of life and when our hearts are completely aligned with our mind with our body and when we're truly living from our space we know how we can do something to be of service to the world to get our, our financial needs met our emotional needs met our physical needs met and and still live with that space and place within us where there is passion where there is will where there is passion and power and and purpose and that is you know why i'm so so you know like motivated to share about the heart space and to share about the heart energy because I do believe we have within us a blueprint of how we can all be successful we can all thrive how we can all live with passion and purpose and and really really find you know that sense of prosperity in the world without depleting the world of its resources without having to travel over People without having to, you know, manipulate or coerce or without having to kill off, you know, aspects of the world unnecessarily in an unhealthy and unconscious way. We can do that. Passion and purpose is what we really live for. That's how it helps. That's how we evolve. That's how we find our joy. That's how we are of service and also receive that service from the universe. But I think that all exists within our hearts and it's about clearing out the debris of what we don't want and who we are not in order to find out who we are and what we do want and what is going to really give us the most, the best life possible. Wow. Well, <laughs> that's pretty deep and pretty, uh, I guess, uh, concentrated, you know, content there <laughs> because it is really, you know, uh, uh, the core of things. Uh, you, you, I think, I think one of the words you mentioned there is that, well, at least the the ideas that you mentioned that strong, that is very strong, is that we work, we do things, but sometimes to your point, we just do them because it's just routine and we do it for the wrong reasons. And I mean, we all know this saying that you know that's pretty common where you never work a day if you do what you love, but <laughs> but but you gotta get to that stage to to be able to realize that. This is not for me. I, you know, yes, the change is going to be difficult and stuff, which now takes me to the idea of trust. Uh, and, 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 and I think that's a big component. People sometimes don't trust the system. They don't trust themselves. Uh, and or they're almost conditioned not to believe in themselves well enough and or everything around them to help them. 
your concept, you know, by getting them to dive in into their true heart, you know, will help them, I guess, uh, almost be transparent, have some transparency on the real thing and be able to, to really come up to the, or raise to the, the occasion and, and make it happen. Uh, you know, so, so what do you say to, to the, the trust truth, you know, factor? Yeah, I think that that's what's lost in the world, you know, and again, that comes from a disconnect from the heart, because if we're only operating at one level of what we're capable of, and we're not really connecting with another deep level, and really connecting with that heart space, then I think that, you know, the, the trust erodes. Because if you think about it, as human beings, we, we've learned to rely on our senses, you know, on sight, sound, smell, touch, feel, you know. So we rely on these things. And of course, there is an element of intuition, which we all have, and that instinct that we all have. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, that's what we're relying on. And I, and I would say that there is a lot of scientific evidence now that there is a connection to heart where there is a communication about what is true, regardless of what our senses tell us. And so, you know, we pick up on, I think there's an organization, probably some of your audience might have heard, you might have heard of Heart Math, and they have done a lot of experiments on, on heart energy. And one of the things that I found fascinating, which is, you know, very much in line with what I've always believed and known, which is that the mind will pick up on an image, but the heart picks up on it a lot sooner. So the heart picks up on it even before the image is on the computer screen, and the mind picks up on it just literally a few seconds later, but it's still a few seconds later. Now you translate that into the real world. And what that means is that, you know, the heart is picking up on communication long before it's communicated. So I am picking up on what you're feeling even before you say, it, and sometimes picking up on what you're not saying. And so there's so much in the world where there is, you know, so much has been compartmentalized. We're not giving full information. We're giving half truths and, and all of this has eroded trust. And in business that has particularly had a negative impact. You see, I think people lose a connection to their own purpose and why they're doing something, even if they love what they're doing or did love what they were doing, if there isn't that transparent communication. And that's where trust gets eroded. How do we build that trust? We start recognizing that the heart is communicating that truth. Therefore, it, we owe it to ourselves and therefore other people around us to be more transparent, to be more truthful. And that means sometimes owning the truth ourselves because it's not that people aren't always truthful. I think that, you know, certainly in my line of work, they don't even know what the truth is. You know, often people come to me and they'll say, oh, you know, all of this is fine in my life. You know, I just need you to help me with this one particular situation, this conflict that I have with this co-worker or, you know, this team member or whatever it might be. And then you sort of go, well, I think it's much more deeper than that, you know, and, you know, really there's this, this, this that I'm picking up on what you're saying. And when they stop and think about it, you know, like I say, at first there might be resistance. They don't want to really hear it. They want to compartmentalize. I only want to deal with this one problem. And that's why I say, well, no, I want to look at the holistic aspect of it because there's something more here. And when they really, really allow themselves to go there and are able to be honest with themselves, yeah, there's a problem there. There's a problem with the structure of the company or the culture of the company or whatever it might be, or leadership or whatever it might be then there's an openness. 
And then there is trust. Ultimately, it's trust in themselves. And I think we can't trust ourselves if we're not trusting our, our, what we're picking up on. And in order to trust what we're picking up on, we have to become extrasensory. So it's not just the five, six senses, you know, it's that, that sense of not just a feeling, not just the instinct, not just the intuition, not just the logic, not just the facts, not just what we see, but really tuning into that which is intangible, something that is beyond conscious awareness. And when we tap into that, we are able to really, really tap into a deep sense of trust. And when we trust ourselves, we trust ourselves in the world. And it doesn't matter if certain situations or people cannot be trusted because ultimately it's about learning to trust ourselves. And that's something that is so, so key to being successful in all aspects of our lives. Well, thank you for that. And, and you know, as, as I'm reflecting on, on your words, I'm, I'm thinking about, you mentioned the business world, which, which I, I actually belong to. <laughs> I'm actually in the corporate world. And, yeah. and, and one of the things that you, you, you really highlighted there is that the lack of transparency or because of an ideology of leadership or because sometimes companies, you know, they have their secret, you know, sauce that is run by the top or, you know, the, the senior staff, but there is not enough clarity and, 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 and really crisp messaging to, to the, the team. So it affects all their, their, like their spirit, their, their way, their, the innovation, which we'll talk about in a second about the power of creativity here and, 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 and just how to, you know, creative thinking and things like that. People are inhibited when they don't see that it's, that the company is as clear. And in the same, similarly in society today with everything that's going on, we're here in the news, you don't know who says the, the truth, who's, what's going on, what's real, what's not real. And everybody's like, you know, almost like, hmm, having a little bit of a guard up to, to just for everything. And, and, and whether it's in the world or in, in, in just, the society we live in, it's almost a similar trend. And people now are almost like, you know, barricaded. <laughs> they just don't want to know, or they are afraid to like, you know, put the guards down and then it's over. But, but I think the, and, I, and I've seen this uh, in, in the corporate world where be, some leaders, they have full transparency. You know, when you, you want to do something, you want to explain the, clar the clear, you know, process of what we're doing and why and what the rationale is. And then people have to buy in. And now they buy in through their own conviction and they're like ready. Now they might refuse. They may not agree. And that's one thing. And they make a choice. That's great. But sometimes you don't have that. And, and I think that's a big problem in, in, in the business world in general, where only the few know what the picture is. And that's like, you're, it's a, it's a need to know basis where <laughs> it's not, you're, it's, you're not your pay grade, but you know, I personally do not believe in that concept. I believe that, you know, when I present a, a proposition or a project or anything, this is the reason, this is why. And yeah, it might be, it might have some reaction, some stuff, but you need to understand why we're doing things and why I need you to do these things. And, and you know, you want to buy the buy-in literally from them. And, and that's a different concept. And some people don't know how to do that. And in general, unless they tap into the, the reality of things and understanding how to get into that core heart and, and delivering, it is not easy. And, and a lot of people like that, even at the highest levels. And unfortunately, and again, I'm sure in your experience, you've, you've seen that. And probably that's why you are helping some of these groups to transform that, to change that. So, so go ahead. Sorry. 
Absolutely. I was just going to say that, you know, if we want real people to work for us and with us, and we want them to be on board with the vision, whether it's a project, whether it's, you know, the goal of the company, whatever it might be, I think we have to humanize them, you know, really, really see that they are human beings. And the way to do that is right. to not feel like there's this, you know, hierarchy and a need to know and the lack of transparency and just do your job because I say so. You know, it's like with children. When you say do it because I say so, because I'm your parent, I'm the adult. It's like, you know, that's not a way to be, you know. It's like really, really respecting the fact that, and not everybody will want to know, but it's it's not about whether we're just being really honest and telling everybody everything. It's about the fact that we're willing to. If somebody asks, we should be willing to be able to say honestly and openly what is going on. And because it's that willingness that people pick up on. It's not necessarily whether, you know, it's not whether you are telling me something or not. It's the fact that you're willing to tell me. So if something arises in me and it's like, Hurricane, I really want to know the answer. Why are we doing this? Mm -hmm. If you say, well, listen, you know, I don't need, I can't tell you that right now. All I need you to know is this, this, this that is going to really play with me because somewhere that story, that information that's lacking is going to create a story that I'm not somehow worthy. And that is going to demoralize me. And that's what leaders need to recognize that, you know, they, they are demoralizing the staff because there is this hierarchy, because there's this arrogance and that needs to come down. Those walls need to come down and we need to recognize the importance of what people are feeling on a heart level that is beyond even conscious awareness. If you ask them, are they unhappy? No. But if you look at what happens over time in an organization where there isn't that transparency, you know, it is that lack of humanizing that I think that creates a sort of lack of, you know, that morale and therefore productivity and therefore creativity and therefore innovation. So, you know, yeah, I just wanted to add. No, no, thank you. And, and you know, it's funny because I had thought about this for so long. I mean, you know, being in the, the, the leadership role and, 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 and the corporate for, for many years, you know, at the end of the day, everybody that works for anyone, any company, or even if you have your own business, at the end of the day, it is a business, right? And, and it, business are not created for, to be, you know, even the not-for-profits are for profits. Let's call it for what it is. They just don't call it a profit. They just don't have dividends, right? Yes. <laughs> so, exactly. so, but, but, but you're not in business to lose money. So, so any secrets that you're going to have, you know, are not going to get you any results more than what it is. People are not stupid. They know that they work, you know, for a living. Yes. And they will make you money. They will work, you know, for whatever that the corporation is to deliver a profit eventually. So, yes. so the secret, so the secret is there. I mean, it's, it's out. We know it's for business and it's always going to be for profit. So no one is, the problem is when you think that people are not seeing through that, <laughs> you know, and you feel like, you know, by not, by shielding them from like what the plan is that you're going to yes. get results is a problem. You know, if we Absolutely. are clear, say, Listen, guys, we need to hit this target to be able to be profitable so we can grow and make money and we all can have an opportunity to grow. And I need you to do this, you know, and, and now it shifts the whole paradigm. I mean, now it's like, oh, wow, we're needed. We are part of this. We're going to be part of success, the history. We're going to make this. And there's a chance for me to also meet my goals. That's one way. And some people say, you know what, uh, I don't want to do this now. A person may, may feel that way. And that's why sometimes people go and become their own business owners. 
corporate world is not for me. I want to start my own business. I don't want anybody to tell me what to do. Yeah, you go to your own business. It doesn't actually, I own my business too. And I know both sides of the world. It doesn't change. <laughs> you're still going to have, now you're going to have to be transparent yourself and, or you're going to have to actually be transparent with yourself and be actually, you know, deal with yourself and whoever is working with you. Either way, you're still going for the same purpose. So I think that's the problem. Like we almost like, you know, try to ignore the reality just because we want to pre present it in that way. But, but the facts are the facts. Everybody knows that anyone out there, I always say this, I'm in sales. I always say this, there is nothing in this world. It is not a sales transaction. Therefore, there is some sort of a money-making opportunity going on somewhere. It doesn't matter. We have a show here. You know, while we're not exchanging money, you know, you're providing a service. This is a media company. These are businesses. You know, it's, uh, you know, the mission is one thing, but, but at the end of the day, our time is valuable. Everybody's time is valuable. Even when someone is listening, you know, this is valuable thing that they can use to their own, you know, uh, merits. So, so. Uh, that's I think that's where the psychology of this thing is is amazing. Where you know you gotta get in there, figure out how to to be out you know with the teams, with the people, and get them to see the value. And now you guarantee their buy-in, you guarantee their success, you guarantee the innovation, as you said, and the creativity. Guess what? More profit, more profit, <laughs> more success. Uh, you know, but but if you don't do that, I mean, I've seen companies. In your case, you work with corporate leadership to develop these programs so you can elevate those companies and the staff into the next level that's great i mean that's actually where we need to be and and unfortunately not everybody's seeing it that way sometimes it's cost i mean you know you invest a little bit of time and money and you'll get a lot more some people don't train enough people because they think that that's taken away from them i'd rather spend some more time in training and get them out there you know to do whatever they have to do they'll be better at what they're doing and and, and again if they buy the vision they'll always be supporting it. If they don't buy the vision, I don't care who, what, where, whether it's a society or business is the same. Uh, you will not never follow. You will never, you know, be a contributing, you know, uh, uh, a positive contributor. You'll be just like somebody that's like always, mm, I don't want to deal with this. I'm not sure. I'm going to think about the next job. I'm going to think about this as opposed to like, I'm here. I can do this. This is a good place. Let's we'll make it work. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. I Sorry, I, I had to go into that because just, you know, it just it was uh, interesting when you when you talked about that concept, it just triggered all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. Well, we're in sync with our thinking and it's so true. And I think, you know, that's a short sightedness of some people, some organizations, some leaders and and some businesses, you know, it's and it is short sighted because, you know, there's now such a growing sort of number of evidence that shows that, you know, People are more productive when they're happier and they're happier when they feel inclusive, you know, when they're included in, in the vision, included in the information and included in the dream, if you like, you know, and really, uh, how do you do that? You make sure that they do feel valued for what they bring to the space and they get what they need. And like I say, not everybody's going to want that, but if they are getting that, they're not going to be going, right, I want to think about the next job. I want to move on. So there's something to be said for that for that for sure well listen this 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 hour has actually i'm looking at the time and and <laughs> we've we've hit the hour mark already uh, it, it went quick and 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 to be honest with you it was just all uh you know positive value here um it's it's a different it's a unique and different angle from for potentially people that be like 
where does that, I think, but the conclusion of what we've just covered right now, when you connect it to the beginning of the show, I, they, then they'll realize what it is. Because really being within, being, understanding all the stuff will get you to be better. will get you to have the energy to have all these aspects, you know, that will impact life positively. And that's a big change from where people are conditioned to. So, I mean, <laughs> what I want to ask you is, are there any um, last uh, advice that you want to just add to the, to, to the session today? And finally, I uh, want to also ask about how, you know, how do we contact you? How do people can reach out to you? Um, I, I will have all the description, you know, of, uh, of your background, things like that, as well as the, the website. But is there anything that you want to highlight specifically for the audiences? Yeah, um, so just one last message, which is, you know, we really owe it to ourselves to grow and evolve, to step out of the matrix, as you say, to, to break out of the, the sort of very, very deep hypnosis that we're all under and recognise that as human beings, we have the ability to be so, so, so much more. We, we again, a cliche, we know that we are only using a very small percentage of our brain, even less than 10%, you know, even the most, you know, super smart people are using less than 10% of their brain's ability. And I'd say we're using even, even less than that of our heart's ability. And if we think that the brain has incredible ability and capabilities, the heart has so, so, so much more because it connects the physical to the spiritual world. And, you know, it, the spirit world is a part of us. You know, we live in a universe. You know, this planet is not on its own. We know there are other things out in the universe and we are a part of that. And so, we owe it to ourselves to grow, to educate ourselves and to evolve and to elevate, to elevate ourselves and to elevate other people. So thank you so much, Hurricane, for giving me that opportunity to, to share my thoughts with you, you and your audience. And I really appreciate being here today. No, no, thank you. I mean, you're taking the time and uh, I know there's a time difference and uh, it's getting later there. And uh, but yeah, this is all uh, in good, you know, intent, good faith, and it's really to share the value and also to share your services. Uh, I mean, you are available, I guess, for uh, to 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 work with people to share these things. People can reach out to you. Uh, your website is uh, www.hemavias.com, uh, right? Just That's the name. Right, yes. Yeah, right. just the name. Just the name. And, um, you know, so I will have that on the, the description. So I, I hope that people can and interact with and, and even just at least to to get a feel of what they can, you know, get as a service and, and potentially help, whether it's corporate or individuals. So I, I hope that today's messages were very um, uh, clear, very simple. It is just, you know, literally you got to dive in and, and be willing to see beyond what what's what what the what, beyond the obvious i would call it Absolutely. <laughs> i think that's all there is so so that being said um you know Emma, thank you for for being with us folks thank you for being on the show for listening watching and uh you know we'll be talking soon new show new day new topic new guest ciao for now bye-bye